Well, yes. So no more crazy talk out of you, Joel. <laughs> oh, look, you already have. <laughs> One of my oh, friends is I'm, actually like, it's like, I'm supposed hey, to avoid legal snags by telling you that you're being recorded. I had one of my friends is like, actually, like, how crazy does Ben, how crazy is everybody talking before he gets recorded? I'm like, oh boy, you don't want to know. And it's like the most benign stuff ever. <laughs> it kind and of I, is. And I act like you're, I don't know, crazy. Know, spouting off about, yeah, whatever sort of insane stuff would offend people. Yeah. Welcome to Practical Shooting After Dark. We're here to talk about shooting. You guys all know the deal. Everybody comes here with a topic, a thing to talk about. I think all of us are talking about matches today. That was a good idea you had, Ben. Yeah, yeah I think that's a good matches. idea. Well, I mean, that was your idea, and I'm like, and I was like so mad. I'm like, that's the most basic bitch idea I've ever heard. <laughs> we all just talk about matches we just shot. We're Lame. shooting matches in the middle of the shooting season, right before nationals. Yeah, it's like amazing. Ridiculous. We're all talking about matches. Crazy. Fair enough. Let's do it. So you have your way now, Joel. All right, uh, Mr. Kim. I saw yes, that sir. you just. Um, what did you you smite your enemies and hear the lamentations of their women? Is that what happened? Area four, I'm talking about, of course. Yes. <laughs> yes, from a beautiful sta uh, state, Arkansas state. Yes. Okay. I mean, tell me more about that being a beautiful state. Yeah. <laughs> we go. So, I think I thought I've been there before. Maybe not. Okay. Sorry. Continue. Yeah, yeah. You've been to Fort Smith. I was, I was sure. joking. It wasn't beautiful though. But never mind. Continue. State. Yes, I have. I have been to that range before. Uh, two years ago, Arkansas State Championship. Uh, that time, the temperature over there was over 100, temp 100 Fahrenheit. So it was very crazy. But this time was perfect time of the year. The weather was 80, uh, maybe below even. So the weather-wise was perfect. The venue has very nice uh, terrain to shoot with. So even if you don't bring out your uh, metal studs, innovate or soccer clit, whatever, you can definitely run around it without uh, slipping around. So the range itself was pretty nice. Uh, the match was pretty interesting. Uh, one thing I was pretty impressed is uh, I haven't tracked all the squats, of course, but the squat in front of me and behind me, I didn't see any hiccup. So like uh, call the range master, we have equipment failure or something like that didn't happen. I didn't see any of a big uh, traffic jam. Like I, I had to wait maybe a couple shooter in front of the, my squad because my squad was smaller than in front of me, uh, but no big hiccup, anything like that. In terms of stage design, there were uh, many interesting things. There were many different types of uh, movers. It's the same same like swinger and bobber kind of thing. However, they set up differently. So one swinger, you may end up shooting very fast swinger only on the top arc, or some of the swinger may be a little bit slower side, and some swingers shot in the dwells, some in a diagonal position, stuff like that. Engagement sequence was pretty interesting. Some people end up hitting two targets in between or one target to make it safe kind of thing. There were definitely some good options in terms of engagement or activating sequence. Uh, I really enjoyed that part. And another one is uh, the stages were, uh, some stages were starting anywhere inside shooting area or outside shooting area. So there were definitely uh, opened strategies. Some people start all the way front or left or right. So that really opened up in terms of uh, how creative you want to be in your uh, scenario. And there were definitely 
many positions where you can enter easy target or hard target, maybe move a little less or more kind of thing. So it really helped people to use their strength. Some people are good at shooting on the move. Some people are shooting stationary things. Then people end up shooting stationary without sacrificing too much. There were interesting position connect connection in between. So some there were not a ton of gain by shooting on the move or stop shoot, but it just depends on what your comfort zone was. I think that was pretty interesting. Uh, one thing I wanted to see was the, the range is actually not that, the range is big, but the bays are not. So the furthest shot I, I've seen is probably 20 yards, somewhere around it, I think. Average distance was shorter than a match I would shoot in um, Florida or the Utah range. So average distance was pre pretty close. But they did a good job mixing out some partials. So if you go super hosey mode the whole time, uh, the risk is very high. Some people shot a lot of penalties, not slowing down on the partial target, things like that. Uh, so you have a full talk through for this coming to training group, I assume. Yep. Talk so all the stages, all the stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Well, one thing, one thing dangerous though. So. Interestingly, the number of DQ of the match was low for people. So I think that's pretty low number for area match. That's crazy was, low. Mm -hmm. But there was one stage where you're forced to start uprange, facing uprange, heel touching fault line kind of thing. So you have to turn downrange and then you start engaging. But that particular one had a, you can either start left side, right side, you choose it, but both areas. The targets were very close to 180 line. So uh, that was something a little bit cringy. So I had to make sure like my gun passes 180. So I delayed just a little bit to just make it safe. That's okay yep. though. Oh, that's smart. That. Yeah. Pick out those problems in your walkthrough. Like, oh, I don't want that to happen to me. Yeah. Matt, what match did you shoot? I shot or hit four also. <laughs> and Are you asking if I shot the same one he did? No, I mean, but you shot every four. You also, like, uh, Joel and I both shot Iowa, and you shot yeah, Iowa. I shot Iowa. Yeah. yeah, I shot both. Well, why don't you stay home for a weekend, huh? You kind of earned it, right? Uh, why would I do that? I'm actually planning on adding another match in here. <sighs> Never mind. I was just going to say that. That's what I was going to say. That's <laughs> definitely really what should happen. I'm sure you are. You're, you know. I'm crazy. Slow, you're so slow I learning. shot area four. Um uh, I mimic Kim's stuff, so very good match. I'll talk about some of the stuff I liked in it. They had water on every bay. They provided water. <laughs> ice water. Why, don't you, ice just water. Take, yeah, why had, don't you just take that as a granted now? Or should you not, or no? It's not always a given. We'll see here at Nationals in about a month. It won't be there. Well, that's different. That's run by, you know, the heavy hitters of the sport. They don't, they don't really see the world the same way you do, Matt. Um, yes, that's unfortunate. <laughs> but, uh. So they had ice water and it was like 75 degrees out. So <laughs> didn't awesome. need ice water, ice in it, but they they definitely provided water. They had, uh, they have I think seven big bays where they could put some really like 25 yard shots in it if they want. They put some distance on those stages, but I think the key to the match was, of if I'm gonna describe in one sentence, it would be. The stages were not difficult if you did not try to go fast. 
And we all yeah. know how practical. Is that you just, just essentially describing practical shooting right now? Yes. So <laughs> a shot by itself was not hard, but you had the element of wanting to go fast, wanting to do it quick, like you wanted you to do it while you're moving at a time. Yeah. You want to shoot it while you're moving in and out. So you're shooting a skunk target at 10 yards, eight yards. You're like wanting to shoot that coming in, like after you pop an activator, shoot the skunk and then go back to the bobber. So like you're adding in difficulty because it seems so easy. So if it was just run to spot, shoot the targets, like that would have been so easy. No one would get penalties, but people want to shoot going in, shoot going out, add like shoot an activator as a coming in transition to a skunk and then go back to bobber caused a lot of penalties on people. And like just shooting the shots by themselves is not hard, but we all know that like, that's the essence. And like, the shots weren't hard. I'd say the probably the average shot was less than 10 yards, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like fair to say they gave you enough rope to hang yourself, basically. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, that's awesome. I like those. So what'd you do with the rope, Matt? <laughs> uh, you know, I had a really good second day. I came back after a pretty abysmal first day. And uh, I'm actually pretty happy with coming back with just three stages and how I performed after having pretty much a dumpster fire the first day. Uh, what was the match format, Matt? Was it it's two days, like AM, PM? No, they did two days, but it was all day. So it was like eight bays, and then they added a ninth bay because we were basically done at 2 o'clock. So they added another bay and then still brought people back on Sunday. Um uh, so did they everyone didn't do an shoot? AMPN. I, I was actually kind of surprised with that. I didn't think they were going to do it like that. I thought I had signed up for half day, not the full day. But honestly, being done by, what, 3 o'clock or 3.30, one super long day anyway. So did everyone shot the same, like, schedule the first day or on, like, Saturday? Is that right? Yeah, everybody shot nine bays on Saturday. Okay. So, Matt, you were happy. So you've always liked that Fort Smith club. And I like had, the range. I like the club. I knew that I knew the flavor going into it. And you've always had, and you got unseasonably cold, cold weather. Yes. Right? Yeah. It was right? So, Kim, awesome. I should tell you, mm -hmm. September is not a nice time to be in Arkansas. You oh, got that was, really that lucky. Was not normal. You right? got lucky as hell. I was in Arkansas for a thing like 10, oh, 10 days ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like unseasonably cold. And I was like, this is awesome. You got lucky, <laughs> it dude. Was great. It was great. <laughs> It felt so. The weather was about four weeks early, is what I kind of put it at. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It was nice. It was like fifty-five degrees in the morning and got up to seventy-five. It was like, oh, this is awesome. If it was like this all year round, I would move here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, aren't you gonna move there? Not Fort Smith. Well, yeah, but you're moving to Arkansas pretty soon, there, Chief. Yeah, that's the there's there's a plan for that, sure. I was there July one time, and in July it was 100 degrees. Oh, yeah. It, in the summertime, like, well, we got lucky uh, at this point. It's not like, the heat, it it's the humidity, my man. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, whatever you say. It all adds up. Well, if but, you have 100 degrees heat and 100% humidity, I think that's like 200. I think that's like a lot. Yeah, I don't know how that works. It's a 200 on a BS scale. Yeah, it's a 200 BS. It's not good. And that is <laughs> Arkansas for you. Yeah. Uh, Talk about prize table a little bit. So mm -hmm. 
very, I would say a very good price table. Like they probably had 40, 50 like giveaway things on the price table, like for 50 spots down in the match or 40 spots down in the match. So we're talking squib rods or are we talking like, no, we're talking about like Arctic gallon thermos jugs. Oh, okay. That's cool. Like, like I was like, not great, but I was like 10th on the table, 12th on the table, something like that. And I like skipped the first three quarter of the table and was like, I want that Arctic thing and walked down and grabbed a cooler and that thermos jug thing. And I was like, this is the best price table all year. Something I can actually use. Something that I have wanted but would never buy myself. I'm not going to buy myself an Arctic water jug just to have one. Like, it doesn't make sense. I'll just go buy a what gallon jug from that? Casey's. Because it costs a dollar at Casey's. And I wouldn't spend whatever this thing cost. No matter what it cost. It was really... No what? So I'm checking now. An RTIC one gallon jug. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with the price table too. Well, they had what random our friend Alexis uh yeah, won a limited gun. Were those <laughs> random draws? Seventy four bucks on Amazon, Matt. Yeah, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't. It have does spent seem that. pretty stiff for a gallon jug. <laughs> I wouldn't have spent it, but it was totally worth it. I would have grabbed that off the price table if it was by itself, no matter what. Like I might not have passed up a gun, but anything else, I would have passed up and grabbed that. Hold on, which color did you want? Because uh, you got can. It. You can get it seven bucks cheaper if you get a stupid color. What? What's a stupid color? White. Yeah, no, I wouldn't get that. That's what I I'm actually saying. just grabbed it, and I didn't know the color, but I think it was a stainless color. I think that's what they call it. That's a good color. It's cool. It's, pretty it's nice. It's actually kind of neat. So I can fill that up in the morning with cold water out of the sink, drink that all day instead of carrying my dollar twelve cent gallon jug. That makes me look like something hey you don't have to like you've shot with me plenty i'm i'm the uh the lamest when it comes yeah. to what i bring to a match yours are in a grocery or like or a plastic yeah. bag from a gas station i'm Dude, like I listen leave the amount of money that was spent <laughs> on drinks at a gas station before a match with you oh it's it's before classes too like i've just oh, got myself real? trained oh yeah so it's <laughs> like i don't fly around with a cooler so i'm just like yeah so i'm just gonna go buy whatever i buy that morning and then it gets hot, and that's just the way it is. That's just life. That's the life I live, man. Yeah. One of these days, I'm going to get a cooler, and it's going to be amazing. And you're going to forget it somewhere and never have a cooler yeah, again. Yeah, he will. Damn it. <laughs> All right, you're right. Fuck it. No cooler. Like, let's like leave it in my truck, maybe. But that's only the stuff I drive to, then. Like, I don't know. All right, let's talk about another match. A different match. A different state that three of us went to. Joel, what match was this? This was the Iowa section match. In now, you've Iowa. been, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you've been leg humping on this match for years. <laughs> Have is, you not? It is well ran. It is close to me. And it is, Matt's club is pretty good, but it has been noticeably better than other matches in my area that I could go to instead. Okay. So I'm going to like, by process of elimination, I'm going to figure out which match you're shitting on right now. <laughs> I don't think it would be that tough to figure it out, Ben. <laughs> but I think I think you already know exactly which one. Bastard. All uh, right. So uh, same same flavor as years past, yeah. Yep. So the the match, like you said, I agree. It's well run. It's like nice people, reasonable. <laughs> the match director is reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> believe it or not, yeah, not totally. always. 
<laughs> the staff is not looking to add notches in their timer. Well, like, yeah, I think that's the way that I've described it in the past, is they all row in the same direction. So, like, they have a good staff. It's mainly ROed by their local dudes. They have a good local group. And then, like, the RM and MD, like, they all have a their morning discussion. It's like, hey, let's not screw over competitors. And they're actively, like, checking props, like, poppers throughout the day to make sure, like, their stages are still in working order. They are trying to look out for the competitors and make it, you know, treating shooters like their customers, I suppose. All right, so the flavor is a few fairly big field courses, pretty interesting. There's usually like an all-steel stage, which <laughs> they didn't disappoint on that, which has like poppers out to 40 yards or something like that. So I'm just, I'm just throwing it. What? It was crazy. It was a cold speed plate and then a mini popper. It was not crazy, Matt. 42 yards? Come on, I didn't fucking is. case it off, though. I just shot the thing. I don't know. I heard someone that you were watching, you were kind of baffled about how good their performance was on that, though. Who was that? Uh, do you want me to play the video and you can hear it? Oh, yeah, that guy. I wasn't baffled. I knew exactly what he did. It was actually really funny. I watched a guy. So he's shooting. I think there's a, a popper at maybe 15 yards. And, like, you could tell he whacks the 15-yard one, and he's, like, aiming at the one in the back, and he just starts prepping the trigger, and boom, the gun goes <laughs> off, and he hits the fucking thing. It was <laughs> hilarious. And it was – I spent – as you might imagine, I spent enough time watching people shoot and critically assessing what's happening. I was like, there's no way that shit was intentional. Uh -huh. Not at all. And yep. what was funny is I was laughing about it, that after the fact, the dude's like, oh, yeah, I was just prepping the trigger, and it went. Because he, like <laughs> – yeah, I mean, shooting it, accidentally shooting a 40-yard popper is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. And that's what he did. And I, I did enjoy that. That's the way you're supposed to shoot. The gun's supposed to surprise you when it goes off, right? <laughs> that, that, that did happen for that guy. That was pretty funny. All right, so anyway, the match has some big field courses. Uh, usually they have a steel stage with some long shots. Uh, what else? They, I mean, and then since here, here's the problem with the match. I'm not, like, not dumping on it. But the oh, problem yeah. is they yeah. don't have the facilities that you might want to have. So I think they have – do they have four proper bays? Is that what they've got? I think got? it's four bays, yeah. Four deep, four deep. Is it five? Is it five, Matt, or is yeah, it – got five. Okay. Well, are you counting the one where you walk around the outside? Oh, no, that's, that's the extra. That's the that's, I was like, I can't tell. Yeah, so anyway, five proper bays, really, and they put 11 stages in there. So you can tell, like – Either you're cutting the bay in half, which they did, cut the bay in half and have two kind of nice medium courses on there, which they did that. Or you're going to get a big, nice stage and then kind of a planar stage, which is, that's pretty much what happens. So a few of the stages are pretty plain. They're at like three Virginia count, like short little deals. But you know how it is. Joel, Joel loves that stuff. Those uh, well, the they're, doing the, they're doing the best with what they have also. I mean, like you said, like being frank, they don't have the best. They don't have like for yeah. running what they're running, and they do it quite well with yeah. not an optimal setup. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I share your opinion of them, Joel. Like nice guys, reasonable guys. It's not that far for me to drive there. Uh, when it pops up on the calendar, I kind of know what I'm getting at this point, and I think I've shot the match as it's set up at that club maybe three of the last six years, something like that. It's it's a it's a good time. Uh, full talk through and match video coming to training group. Oh, so I think you should hit on a I couple have, things. I have one thing to bring up first. It's quite noteworthy, which is scoring. Is that we're going to go, Matt? Oh, I, well, no. 
Well, so, Matt, talk about your thing because Joel will never okay. let that go. Who's going first? Then? You are, oh, Matt. Because I don't want you to forget. They had water on the bays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you serious about this with the fucking water? <laughs> I'm just messing around. <laughs> So yeah, and you exit out the back thing. of the stage. Just yeah. imagine if you're traveling and you don't have a cooler full, like, and it's hot out. You want water. You don't want to have to go to fucking Casey's and buy a goddamn case of water. I don't want water. I want Gatorade Zero because it's oh, it performs the uh, same function as water, but it tastes better. He wants I, a liter of cola. Not sure it works like that, but not well, how does Gatorade Zero not perform the same function as water? It's got what plants crave, right? <laughs> Electrolytes. That's what <laughs> plants crave. I think you should yeah. do an experiment. Water some flowers and then Gatorade Zero some flowers and see how that works out. Well, according to the I, according to the documentary <laughs> film Idiocracy, it uh-huh. takes hundreds of years for the uh, electrolytes to build up in the plants. <laughs> yeah, but it's what plants crave, Ben. Yes. This means, must be some show I've never seen before that you're referencing. The documentary it's, Idi- Idiocracy. It's quite excellent, Matt. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we you should come talk here about. To hang out. We're watching it. Go ahead. Okay, that's perfect. Uh, maybe at the RO class. Haven't decided yet. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're coming, and we're watching so that movie. They had a stage in the matchbook that they had drawn up. It was, what, Virginia Count, something like that. They had actually, we heard that they had set it up. I believe them, that they set it up, and they're like, this is ridiculous. This makes no sense. And they dumped that stage and well, built I a think, new stage. I think they were listening to Joel, as a matter of fact. I think they were listening to Joel's advice on this. Okay, so they built a stage that was in the matchbook. They listened to Joel on the podcast. They listened and to then all they, of us on the podcast. Yeah, well, sure. But you, like, initiated it, I think. So we'll give you credit for this one. <laughs> yes. Uh, they took feedback that Joel and uh, the podcast provided. We'll say Joel. <laughs> and then, and then they, they said this stage is ridiculous and doesn't make sense. So we're going to tear that stage down and do a different stage and build a new stage in place. Yep. Uh, so After, big ups. like they had set up for two days and set this stage up already. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Big ups to them. Not only did they do the right thing, but they did the right thing when it was inconvenient. Inconvenient. Yes, yeah. Awesome. He wouldn't. Like, he told me afterwards when we talked about it on the podcast, the, the person that sent in the, the messages, he told me, it's like, oh, you can say my name, I don't care, is Scott Arnberg, uh, who's one of the guys that runs that club at Ankeny. So, yeah, he sent us in some questions about setting up a stage. When is it ridiculous? He, uh... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did we lose Joel? Um, Joel. Sounds like we lost him. Well, I mean, I feel like that story was just kind of getting good, though. Oh, he's you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I thought we got rid of him. <laughs> you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. So what were you saying about your, your story there, Mr. Joel? Oh, he can't hear us. This is great. This is maybe the best podcast ever. <laughs> that I think we've ever done. So anyway, I just want to say Joel talked mad shit about that stage. There he's gone. He's left now. So, he's so anyway. Basically he's going to talk about, saying, like, no, wait, we've got to tell a story that's like 80% true. You know? Am I uh, back now? Damn it, he's back. Yeah, right, what were you saying? You were talking shit? Yeah. So, uh, so Scott wouldn't mind me mentioning his name. Scott Armberg was the guy that sent in the questions about the stages. Um, yeah, he set up a match where it had one-handed shooting, strong-handed weekend. 
he basically looked at it and said, Scott's like M class. He's, he's, he's good at shooting. He's like, at my level, I could, I'm looking at barely hanging hits on paper. He's like, this is stupid because this doesn't test anything. And even at his level, he's quite strong at shooting. He's like, my goal shooting this is just don't get a penalty. He's like, this is dumb. This doesn't belong. So yeah, he in, inconvenienced himself and changed the stage because he thought that was the right thing to do. And it turns out that was a very smart move for the match. Yes, it was the right thing to do. Having stages like that is dumb and not necessary. Mm-hmm. It's like you're basically signaling to competitors that you do not understand how these guns fundamentally work when you make unrealistic asks of them like that. So yes, that was a, that was a good move. Uh, and then did you guys talk about scoring yet? Nope, no, but they ran Wi-Fi through the bays, and I'll I'll just get I'll cut right to it. The scoring uh, updates were. I don't even want to say extremely frequent. I feel like they were instantaneous. They were inst- They were instant. So they were on a push Wi-Fi system where as soon as you hit approve, it emailed you a copy of the scores and it automatically uploaded a practice score. Yeah. So like as soon as you hit approve, you could hit refresh on the competitor app and it, you would get your score added in. So here's an interesting thing. Like as you guys know, nobody, well, not nobody, maybe Mr. Kim. Mm-hmm. And that's a complete list. Understand how to do the scoring on the fly. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> There's like, so uh, the interesting thing, I think, is there is a lot of people paying a lot of attention to the scores, and they're getting a lot of information that they can't really do anything with. That's a good way of putting it, right? Like maybe, you maybe other than being up or down, that's a basic Yeah, idea. you know you're up do. or down against a guy but you don't really have actionable information for what it is you ought to do. So I thought that was kind of interesting to watch how closely people are watching scores. They're like, Hopkins shot that stage in 13 seconds. You're just like, okay, and what the fuck are you going to do about that? (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do about that? The other interesting thing I thought on that was, like, during the drive up, when I was stopped and refreshed the scores, I saw how Mm -hmm. people were doing on Saturday. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was a very tight race in CO and like watching them come down to like four stages left, like and seeing one of the competitors like, oh, he could co- he could come back in this. But like, will he have the amount of stages left? Like, is he able to do it like after kind of not doing real great early in the day? And I was excited, like being a competitor and like watching that as it was happening and seeing like how they were doing against each other, like. And seeing like where they were at in the order, and like by the time I got to the range, they were like on their last bay, and it was just a very interesting way of following it. Something that we really don't get to see in this sport basically ever, because not a lot of the matches are set up to do this. I know they've done it in Utah quite a bit. Well, this is why I remember back when we had like mandatory super squads, and then you'd like know the scores. What's that? (laughs) <laughs> it's amazing how much things have changed it yes is but, amazing. <laughs> but back when we had super squads um that was kind of cool where you would know where you were sitting we also had uh i don't and what's that matt we also had some different uh trophies awarded i think <laughs> oh did you did you <laughs> you yes. saw the fun little video i made <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was a good yeah it's interesting to do like a chronological of the, the trophy that one might get for winning a nationals. And let's say you go back like 10 years and then you just do a little comparison. It's quite funny. 
<laughs> or sad, depending on your disposition. I find it funny, but in my perspective. Oh, the other thing with the scores, you got an email right away. So you got an email receipt uh, oh. showing your stats also. So basically, like, yeah, you hit approve. Before I get to my range bag, I've already got an email that has all my numbers, like hit factor, hits, time, all that stuff. And uh, and then I I just refresh the competitor app, and there the score is. So that was quite cool. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'd like to see more matches do that. I think so, that can actually I, help with the arbitration too. If people are tracking their scores real time versus after the match, I mean, nobody's really checking the score after the match, but if it's emailed out, people can correct more quickly. Yes. Yeah. Or missing scores or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, um, so you guys are everybody's happy about that match that the MD did really well. Uh, they didn't have an awards ceremony and just fucked everybody off and said I'll mail out the stuff. Yeah, that was one. So oh, it's another thing you're thinking of? Yeah. So this match was staff shoot Friday, competitor shoot Saturday, and then competitor shoot Sunday, right? Okay. So on Sunday morning, like after a couple of the squads went through a certain stage. Oh, yeah. They pulled the stage without a battle. Yes. That's what was amazing. So, oh, yeah. There's no one even had to arbitrate it. Like they just they're like this stage is like obviously not fairly ran. Poof, it's gone. Well, I was on that stage when uh the match director came over. I guess it would be range master. And he basically just said there's a scoring issue with the stage. We do not like basically I am certain the stage was not scored fairly for everyone. Therefore, I have no choice but to pull it. You can shoot the stage if you want to for fun. But if you get DQ'd, it's a standing DQ. Otherwise, you don't have to shoot it. Like, that was it. There was no, like, what do you guys think? What do you want to do? He's like, nope. It's not fair for everyone. So it's just, unfortunately, I have to exclude it. Well, I mean, depending on the personalities running the show, when a stage needs to get pulled or something drastic needs to get happen in order, needs to happen in order to save a stage. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's like, again, that's like the 200 IQ play when they see something coming and they get in front of it and fix a stage in a way that they can fix it within the rules so they don't lose it. Or they're just like, yeah, we're going to lose this one, so we're just going to like pull the Band-Aid off now and lose it now. Mm-hmm. Like That was very smart, and I'm glad they did that when they did that in Iowa. And that was um, – I mean, how about this? It's not – a lot of times guys lose the stage and they think it reflects poorly on the match staff. I don't really see it that way. No matter what you do, you can occasionally have an issue. And on that, and on that particular stage, they had – an RO, like an RO, just not walking down there all the way to catch the correct times for people or something. Yeah, I think that had to have been it. We saw a that, video after the fact that 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 yeah. had to happen. But they didn't like dig their heel. They didn't dig their heels in on it or get like I mean, whatever. They just like yep, smoke the stage, and that's the right thing to do mm-hmm. with without a battle, which is typically there has to be a big fight to make that stuff happen. But yeah. it wasn't necessary there. They're like. Pay me my hundred dollars or get out of here, kid. Yeah, this is like, yeah, I can give you your hundred dollars of beer money and you'll keep the stage anyway. I'm just asking you to do the right thing. So one thing I want to comment on is that was a common thing between both matches. There were several stages that had two distinct stage plans in them, right? At Iowa and Area 4. So... The interesting thing was there were people that run them with, I'd say, similar skill levels, maybe not exactly even or what, but both plans netted the same exact time at the end. 
So it just comes back to reinforcing it. It's how you run the stage. The stage plan pretty much doesn't matter. And it comes down to how much confidence you have in each stage. So I'm thinking about the big U stage at Iowa and then the plate rack stage also at Iowa. Mm-hmm. Which plate rack? So, oh, I guess they're, they both had plate racks on them. But yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, they about. Both, yeah, both plate rack stages, basically. And then area four, I think there was a bunch of stages where you could go left or right. And like there, there was basically no time difference between the two. And there's this one stage where you could start left or right or the front of the stage. And basically what we found out, there were people that were running it each way, like left, right, and forward. And basically all the times were pretty much equal. So it really didn't matter which way you ran the stage. There it is. All right. Good discussion, guys. I love the match chat. Joel, you have a podcast question for us today, do you not? I do. Uh, Okay. Take it to the professor. Let's see what he's got to say. Exactly. (laughs) Professor Kim. Uh, So this is a person I'd interacted with in the past. He was basically, uh, he was shooting like crazy at stuff. It didn't matter if the target was at five yards or 50 yards. He was just squirting bullets. Uh, So he said, basically, he's been really focusing on controlled shooting lately. His alpha count for the last couple matches has gone up tremendously, but he feels like he's starting to slow down and get his hits. Uh, Transition in the matches seem to have pause from over-confirming now. It's almost like I'm scared to shoot as fast as I do in training. What's a good way to train controlled shooting with more aggression? So he's going crazy, and now he's made himself too conservative. And I looked at his video. He's kind of like over-aiming and slowing down. Professor Can, Kim? Sorry, yes. what did I say, Ben? No, no, go ahead. I want to hear what Professor Kim's got to say. Yes. So, basically, uh, you can def- this is a training issue, developing different aiming uh, system, basically. So, uh, the three common aiming style would be uh, point shoot. Basically, you just align your body and shoot it immediately when the body aligns without really confirming the front sight at all. Uh, and the second one is as soon as you see, uh, if you're shooting red dot, the color of the red on the target, if you're shooting fiber, the color of the fiber. So you shoot, you see the color, immediately respond it and pull the trigger right away without actually confirming the side alignment part, just by seeing the color of the front sight. And then the last one is actually uh, making sure your gun actually stabilized on the target, so you see the stable sight. And uh, if the target is further away, definitely for front sight, rear sight alignment kind of thing. So definitely you want to practice that in training, and also you want to find out uh, what's the rec- accuracy, like percentage of alpha in a way. So you try shooting, like point shoot, uh, one yard to maybe up to even like 15 yards, and then see what kind of percentage you get, and then vice versa on the other side like shooting with the front side aligned all stuff like that different distances uh and then you gather the data and you can correctly decide depends on kind of depends on the heat factor or how much you want to risk so like 15 yard target for example uh definitely point shoot is probably not going to give you a better hit uh, hits on that so you can compare hey i'm going to try shooting as soon as i see the color of the fiber versus as soon as you confirm the alignment. In that kind of case, yeah, definitely, probably the speed change is there and also accuracy difference is there. And once you figure that out, you can apply that at the match. But fundamentally, uh, 
you can definitely train in a way you can make, for example, point shoot get a higher percentage by training better. So for example, stopping the gun very, very precisely on the target, but you're just shooting immediately when, whenever your body is aligned kind of thing. So you can develop your technique to make things happen a lot controlled and precise, but simply just confirming less. If you shoot, point shoot, as soon as you body aligns and shoot versus to confirm your side alignment, there's definitely time difference just by uh, even though the gun stopped, actual shot fire, that delay time will be different, depends on what you confirm. So you can definitely work on that. How much confirmation you're going to have each shot depends on the di target difficulty. Yeah. Okay, so basically what you, what, like the approach that you take for this guy's problem is learn different aiming schemes and yeah. rigidly enforce them. Exactly. And I think that's true. Like that, the way that you're going to get faster with the aggression level is to learn how to aim your gun differently. And you gotta get, people gotta get away from this like doing it faster shit. You're not doing it faster. You're just using a different technique where like the one cue that you've identified there that like, that's the like the, the one that I take and push to people now if they're too, they're too like uh, conservative. It's like mm -hmm. react to the color of your sight. Yeah. It's like, you see that where it needs to be at like a five yard target, react to the color. Like just that's enough, but uh, that's very difficult for people to take on board. Like quite honestly, it takes a lot of training. Yeah. One more thing I want to mention is it actually, so for me, it's in the walkthrough. I actually program aggression or what kind of confirmation I'm going to have. So for example, if I'm shooting a uh, point shoot, like three yard, five yard target, that in the walkthrough, I actually use my index finger or the trigger finger. So in the walkthrough, as soon as my arms align with my eye line and the target, I am pu uh, pulling the trigger at the same time of the alignment, rather than have my arm stop and then pulling the trigger. There will be more of a harder shot with more confirmation style. So I'm actually definitely programming what I'm going to be doing in terms of confirmation in the walkthrough. So that really helps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kim's talking about confirmation drill if you're on training group, which is quite excellent. And it's just an easy way to like, oh, confirmation one, two, or three. It's an easy way to explain the concept. So All right. Like that a lot. Before we hop off tonight, Joel, I've got a full talk through coming from Iowa section. Kim's got an Area 4 thing coming. Mm -hmm. What do you have coming? Well, Ben, I thought you were never going to ask. Uh, I'm basically working did you? on... No, I really did. It seems I... like poor planning on your part. I didn't expect you to ask. Uh, I'm working on a target transitions your magnum uh, opus right it'll be i you think you told be quite me good. you're blowing professor kim's recoil management bullshit out of the water with the target <laughs> transition series from joel park that's what you say, told me i did not actually say any of that yeah he knows full blood <laughs> you never said that and he's watching enjoying watching you squirm right now as uh -huh. i'm hanging stuff on you that you never said it's great that's everybody's true. figured out this game except for you joel everybody knows the game uh -huh. And yet they love to watch it be played. Huh. They love it. Uh-huh. No, it should be quite good, and it'll be coming to training group soon, uh, including uh, actionable stuff. And uh, if you want to shoot the high-speed ninja stuff that looks good on Instagram, uh, some pointers for rounding off the edges and uh, oh, fuck that, that kind of stuff. T-Rex Arms is already putting out the pointers. Whatever. On <laughs> and one more right thing on his, on his question before you... Uh, one more thing to bring up is originally a follow-up question I asked him is, are you actually slower? Because I can think of like 
at matches where there's some real talent walking off a stage and being like, man, like, I don't know. Like, I was in control, but I'm not really sure. And then it was like a stage win. But I was just really in control of everything that was going on. So that's why it's important to have a video. Look at where you stack up compared to other people. Like, known, you know, where you know where they're at. Because sometimes, like, I've had stages I won that were, looking back, were quite good. But at the time, I was really controlled and paying attention to what was going on. And it didn't seem like anything special. So that's another thing just to be aware of. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. I think another bang up podcast, obviously. Indeed. Uh, Aren't they all? Yeah. No. They aren't. <laughs> Actually, no, they aren't all. <laughs> uh, so if you have a question you'd like answered, go to bensegger.com. Send me your question. In the very near future, you're going to start seeing some crap on social media for this new podcast. What's that going to be called, Joel? Because you couldn't think of a better name than what I thought of. Uh, what are you calling it? Training Group Live, that one. That sounds, that sounds good. Let's go yeah, with that. that so that'll start being a thing in the near future, which will be a similar cast of characters and a more structured sort of a thing because Joel's actually going to edit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically it. Structure sounds like a good idea, like having a plan beforehand and an outline and... Whatever. Fuck off, Joel. Winging gets cool, too. You're being annoying. Before we go live. What's that? Yeah. That's enough of your criticisms, guys. I'm stopping this crap.